Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. Please don't hump my lamp. Dude, I am seven fingers in the gym beam. Get the fucking chili hot dog out of my face. Your next comedian coming to the stage. He's so funny. He's such a hoot. And making yeah, sure let me shove this out. baby out of my ba- out of my chewed up jibs and then stoner and the fat man. Fuck you, Mark. Mark, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Poulos, as always. Today on the podcast, a returning comedian, Stu McAllister. We uh, chat about life and comedy, the road, conspiracy theories, and uh, last comic standing. So enjoy this interview with the man, the myth, the Dr. Grin's legend, from Grand Rapids, Michigan, Stu McAllister. Hey guys, on the podcast today, Stu McAllister again. <laughs> I like, Welcome back. I like your intro. Hey guys. Well, no, I, uh, uh, I've, I've started doing things a little differently now that okay. I did a podcast with Jake Johansson. He okay. told me that the way the professionals do it now mm-hmm. is uh, they'll cut the interview. Yeah. And then once that's done, then they go back and they do the intro as like a pre-roll thing like gotcha you know welcome to the podcast today on the show we've got this great interview and here's this interview you know i thought that you were like and we're back from commercial break (laughs) hey guys (laughs) and we're back action this is part seven of an in-depth interview with comedians oh god there's no need for that many thank you for driving back uh up to the house so we could tape this well you were uh Legitimately, you're you're one of my favorites. <laughs> oh, get I'm out not, of here! I'm not, no, no, I'm you not lying. Cut it. I'm not. I'm, why would oh. I lie? There's Mr. Burgundy. Oh Jesus, this one's big. Yeah, he's half Maine Coon. What? Yeah. How, uh, he's a mountain he, cat. Does he? Oh, he's chilly. Oh God, my bad. <laughs> How uh, does he get along with the little one? Uh, yeah, it took a long time of integration. Uh-huh. We should tell people. Cats. Uh, we're taping at my house this time. And I have uh, two cats and a dog. The dog's at Grandma's house. Why is the dog at Grandma's house? Because the baby's at Grandma's house oh. as well. And uh, we're heading to Grandma's house tomorrow to help her pack up her shit because she sold her house and she's moving to the cities. The big cities in she Minneapolis? She lives in uh, War Road. Where's that? Hockey Town, USA, on the border of Canada, seven oh. hours north of here. Yikers. Marvin's Windows. You don't know any of that? No. Oh. I don't know. Well, sorry. you're from Grand Rapids. I don't know yeah. these things. So the last time you were on the podcast, we just chatted mainly about Main Street comedy. Yes. That was all we talked yes. about mostly. And what, uh, what cluster it was and how Do you know it what they have done since? Oh, has there been more? Well, I mean, it's just the standard. The, the page is still up and people are still smashing them about rape comedy. <sighs> but uh, apparently they've decided yeah. to now have a Wednesday show called... Uh, rape Night. <laughs> shooting gallery where oh. it is no holes barred you can talk about whatever you want it's going to be the filthiest grossest thing you've ever heard then thursday from their website thursday is the vanilla open mic where it's all clean <laughs> don't they understand that they should just do something kind of like in the middle do like a fudge brown so it's rape <laughs> to family right to so, We're going to perform comedy for three-year-olds. Uh, I just, uh, I... Uh, that's when you give up. I don't know, man. You it's give just, up. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing up there. It's been interesting the last couple months because, uh, I mean, obviously, thankfully, I've been getting a lot of work from that contest that I did in May, the oh, Comedy 10K. Great. Good. So uh, I really haven't had that much open dates and i just keep getting daily emails from funny business like can you do this or that and Uh i'm like uh the first email i sent back i said my calendar's full until 2015 uh and then they sent me an email like a week later like can you do can you do sock rapids next saturday and i'm like well since the last we talked the calendar is still still booked yeah still booked (laughs) everything is still full thank you but uh 
So I'm just waiting for the time where they ask me to go back to Evansville. Would you like to do it at Evansville? And, no. Uh, I'll be I'm like, full. Is there any chance there's five shows on the front end of it to make it yeah. worth it? Because yeah. it's pretty rough. But yeah. So you're working at uh, House, House of Comedy of Com- House this week. House of which Comedy. probably will make no sense for this podcast because this one will be released in a couple weeks. Sure, so. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, don't We'd bother to coming to House this, of Comedy, everybody. Do this live you won't, so they you won't would come me. out tomorrow. <laughs> well, I mean, no one's coming to see me anyway. And in this week is it's a long week i have to be there tuesday yeah. through sunday you get to close tomorrow though don't no, you? no i think i host it host the open mic or at least that's oh. what i did the last time i was there yeah that's the one thing that i don't like about the new structure over there mm-hmm. is like um before if it was standard or it was like mc feature headliner if you were featuring and uh and like the the famous person was just coming in on Friday and Saturday. Right. Then you would get to headline Tuesday, Wednesday, Sunday and make mm. that extra money. Well now they have a policy that if you take the job as the MC, mm-hmm. you're the MC the whole week. Right. And they'll bring in other guys from around town sure. to do the headline sure. spots. Yep. Of course I never get those phone calls. I'm available. I'm here. <laughs> My number is Call me. Did you need somebody this week? I'm booked until two thousand fifteen now. Get back to me in twenty fifteen. No, I did uh I did Columbus a couple weeks ago uh-huh. and uh I had to open for Bruce Bruce. Wow. And let's just say there was a lot of darkness. Sure. A lot of darkness sure. out there. Uh huh. But I got him good got him, so that's that when you know good. your act is good when you can just get <laughs> large different ethnic ethnic groups liking you have you, know? you done the uh dakota stage in bismarck for uh Mm-mm. i think it's l arnson that books it do you know l no i don't no okay. no i'll have to put you in contact with him it's a fun thing it's yeah. just a friday saturday at a theater oh. that does uh plays Sweet. and then every once in a while they do stand up on cool. friday and saturday merrifield was there and Jason Russell and a bunch of yeah. Them. Anyways, yeah. it was fun. Yeah. But uh, so you're in town for House of Comedy. And House then of you're Comedy. Excited to go do. I'm going to be at the, the crowning a- jewel of Acme. Minneapolis. Yes, which I uh, I visited last time I was in town yeah. because Roy Wood Jr. was there, and I know Roy, and he's a great dude. Oh. I went. I saw him when we talked a bit, and there he goes. Sullivan and Son. Yeah, the Sullivan and yeah. Son. He just was in Grand Rapids to do the Sullivan and Son tour with Steve Byrne and Owen Benjamin and. Ahmed, Ahmed. God, they all did it? Yeah, the four of them. They toured oh together. Oh, my God, man. Yeah, that yeah. must have been a rock-solid show. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Unfortunately, they came to Grand Rapids on a Monday, and that's just a tough sell. Nobody so. came out? No, people were there, but, I mean, if it was half full, you know. It was half full for yeah. those four? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. But, man. you know, it's a, it's a Monday sell, and tickets were like 20 bucks. In Grand Rapids, people are kind of lame. You they, know that. They are. So really? it's it's unfortunate. I love that so. room, but those people are lame sometimes. I would have paid 20 bucks just to see Roy Wood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like they had a uh, – I was early into comedy, and a tour came through Acme called mm-hmm. uh, the Jameson Comedy Tour sure. or something like that. Sure. And it was – like a bunch of people that were proclaimed like big drinkers. But when you watched the show, you were like, I don't know if these, because it was Billy Gardella from uh-huh. Mike and Molly. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember who the other guy was, but Bert uh, Kreischer? Uh, Kreischer closed mm-hmm. it. Oh, and okay. that was the first yeah, time I'd ever drinker. seen him live. Yeah. And man, he was really funny. Good. But uh, so Acme, I. <laughs> I, like a many different comics in Minneapolis, have had a storied past with Acme. Well, and that and that's the unfortunate thing, because I, I mean, I was telling you off off mic that uh, that's a club that I would like to work, but I, I fully know I will never work there. God, it's such a strange place, man. I there there are literally the camp of comedians here that mm-hmm. that have never worked there. Yeah, and this whole other group that are like. Uh, they have a golden ticket like they can work there whenever they want sure and it's just such a strange because my story with them when i first started in comedy like that was the place to be like getting yes. on the acme monday open mic was like getting on letterman for for like a new comic you were like oh my god because 
literally like 80 comics sign up on Monday and mm -hmm. they put up like 15. Yeah. And like half of those are professional comics that live in town. Yeah. And then the other half are for the newbies. And half of those half are for the people that are doing it for the first time because they have a policy that if it's your very first time ever doing their open mic, mm. you get a spot. Sweet. But they take it away from the top 10. So literally, it's like 80 comics fighting for 10 spots. That's so awesome. getting a, a regular rotation at Acme was like almost impossible. Yeah, yeah. But there was a time where when I was up and coming, I was writing different that I was getting on every Monday. Mm -hmm. And people were like, oh, my God, like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just writing and performing. And it started, people started talking that they were going to use me as an MC there. And like, I started freaking out like, this is so crazy. Mm-hmm. And then I got in contact with Tom Hansen, mm -hmm. and he wanted to send me out on the road as a feature. Sweet. And I was like, cool, I'd love to do that. And so I took the work. And then I came back, and I did the open mic once, and they never put me up ever again. <laughs> because they saw you as, like, this is a guy who's just going to leave and go do the road? Is that it? Well, what's funny is I came down every Monday for a year. Mm -hmm. And I never got on the open mic. Okay. Every Monday. Okay. I missed celebrations. I missed family gatherings. Yeah. I made a commitment yeah. that I was going to keep going there every Monday sure. and get on the show. Get your time. And uh, after about 10 months, I was doing Knuckleheads that used okay. to be at the Mall of America. It okay. was Rich Miller's room. Oh, okay. You know Rich he the helium guy, right? Is he helium? Guy? I thought so. Oh, uh -huh, it's possible. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Dennis Miller's brother? Yes. Yeah, okay. So he loved me. Like, right. he was putting me up in knuckleheads all the time, and we were sitting at the bar, and he said something about, like, you must do Acme all the time. And I said, I haven't even done their open mic. And he's like, well, the guy over there's name is uh, Lewis. And he goes, Lewis is a really good friend of mine. I'll make a call. Go down there Monday, and I'm sure he'll put you on the open mic. And in my head, I'm like, that's not going to happen. Right. So I went down there, and sure enough, I was on the list. And I was like, oh, my God. So he made a call. So I went on stage, did my set. It went really well. Yeah. And then for the next, like, three months, I never got on again. And I just was like, this is just a waste of my time. Like, what's the point of this? So years later, I was traveling with Tim Slagle. Okay. I don't know if you know Tim Slagle. I know the name. I don't think yeah. I've ever met him. So we were trading road stories like comics do in the sure, car. Sure. And I made some comment, like, because he's always at Acme. Mm -hmm. And I said, man, I just wish I could know what I did to Lewis that I would never get on his stage ever again. And he's like, do you want to know? And I go, what do you mean, do you want to know? And he goes, we've talked about you. And I'm like, get the hell out of here. And he goes, no, we've talked about you. And I said, yeah, well, what, what's the story? And he said, well, he said that uh, if I had stayed in Minneapolis and just cultivated my act, like, because like his thing is he wants you to stay here for like five years and mm -hmm. all he wants you to do is work Acme mm -hmm. and he wants to like cultivate you he wants to push you in the right direction he wants to be responsible for your rise in the comedy business and the guys that will leave and go do the road he thinks become road guys where all their jokes are about fast food restaurants and drinking and women and and it's nothing that he hasn't heard before, and he likes weird guys. Like his favorite comic yeah. is Emo Phillips, so that tells that you a lot. Tell you something. Sure, sure. And granted, when I did come back from that road trip, it was a lot about. Uh, you guys want to drink up? Yeah. <laughs> Where's the white women at? I don't know if it was white women. <laughs> All right, whatever. I was like, so I'm eating at a white castle. <laughs> I'm drunk on shit. This lady's like, where's your pants? And he's like, oh, God, not one of these again. So, yeah, that's I found out that that's why. So it's just you need to get booked by being weird. It's going to get weird. Well, yeah, it's like his favorite guys are, are in Minneapolis are like Tommy Ryman mm -hmm. and uh, all these new people. I don't even know who they are, but they're mm -hmm. just like doing so much work down there. And then I see their sets and I'm just like... Oh, well, let me ask this you this then. Like, it, it's great that they work Acme and they're doing well, but then does that translate to Mid-America? Can they go to Grand Rapids, Michigan or Kansas City Well, that's the thing. Is well? like the, the guys that made that decision yeah. to be an Acme guy uh -huh. are humongous right now. Hmm. And these are guys like Pete Lee, yeah. uh, Chad Daniels, oh. Isaac Witte, uh -huh. 
um, Andy Ritchie, John Evans, like the guys that made that decision to mm-hmm. be an Acme comic. The point is that Lewis has been around for like 30 years sure. and his connections to the entertainment business are unlike any other person. Mm-hmm. Like he's got connections to Comedy Central, to Conan, to Montreal, to Aspen, to New York, to Los Angeles. Like, And if he's one of your boys or mm-hmm. if you're one, you're one of his, his boys, boys and he you know, sees his part in your rise, like there's no limit to what he won't do for you. Hmm. So what does he get out of that though, other than like bragging rights? I mean, he's not managing comics, is he? I don't know if he is or not, but he goes though. He goes with the guys to like Aspen and Montreal. And I think there is a bit of that ego. Mm -hmm. Like here are all the guys that I've discovered and are like big time. I guess it's bragging rights. Doesn't mean anything. What are you doing? You want a club? You are going to be number twenty. You're going to be lucky twenty. Yeah. Get down there. You show him that magic. The Stu McAllister stuff. Right. I put the stew in stuff. (laughs) We're about all my weird jokes. Tell me about. uh, So last week you were in rookies and rookies Sioux Falls. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Was there with uh, Nick Anthony? Nick, get out of here! Really. Yeah, <laughs> that was part of it too. Like I drove up to Minneapolis to get him Thursday, and then we drove down to Sioux Falls, and then I brought him back yesterday, and then he wanted to go to the football game, so he and I ended up going to the football game. You went to the Vikings game? Yeah, we got tickets for like 20 bucks a pop. What? Yeah, it was like StubHub or something. We were like, he tried to sell me one of those tickets for $72. Who did? Nick. Did he? Yeah. I don't know. We bought a ticket nah, yesterday. We were, we were like 10 minutes late. He was robbing me. I guess. Bastard. What, he was asking you to Did come or something? Did he have an extra ticket? He had three, but then his buddy Adam showed up. Yeah. And so then there you go. It was like the three tickets were like $62 or something. I've got, I've got the text right here. I, I don't know. He let's, was, go, let's go to the text because I want to. Go to the text. If, I don't know. If he, one of my best friends. I can honestly tell you this, Mark. He, he never once mentioned your name. I'm not going to lie. Get out of here. He never said anything about Pulos. <laughs> He didn't. He just talked about this Adam guy. So. Do you know Adam? He's the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Deggy. No. No, not Adam Deggy. <laughs> Adam Deggy uh, should be in a wheelchair. Adam Blazer. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So he yeah. just he lives pretty close to Minnesota. What do you say? Four p.m. You want to go to the Vikings game tomorrow? Oh, it's only seventy bucks. Well, and the, that very well may have been at that time. But when uh, we were doing it, because we were doing it like at game time. Oh. So we we. Talked, we you talked to a gentleman uh, called Stubb. <laughs> Stubb. And we got three tickets <laughs> for $62. He got you on the internet and showed you he how, got us the, all in how, the, how the NFL exchange yes, works on his They're like, pocket, oh, fuck, the pocket. game's already going on. I got to get rid of this somehow. $20. He's selling you a ticket that's written yeah. on a piece of paper that says yeah. ticket to football. It, it was, <laughs> yeah, football. You like football? Um. It's funny, Adam. When he he showed up even later, because Nick and I got in, and he 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 has a motorized wheelchair, and yeah. he he drove over, and then uh, so in he the met wheelchair? in the wheelchair. He lives that close. <laughs> well, he actually drives a van too, which kind of blew my mind. It looks like the A team van without the red stripe. But uh, so he he came over in his wheelchair. I don't and know if anybody would call him for help. There's no. <laughs> da, 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 if you need Adam, da, da, da. you're fucked. <laughs> But he, he shows up, and so then obviously he can't sit where we were sitting because of his huge electronic wheelchair. <laughs> so we just kind of park in one spot, and there's people kind of conglomerating around this or whatever. And then this big security guard dude comes over, and he's like, Oh, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have to leave. You have to go back to your seats. And then we're just sitting there by Adam, <laughs> and I'm like going, He's got his seat, and uh, you know this is what we're doing. And he was, he was trying to guilt him into like leaving. And I'm like, where are we going to go, yeah, the dude? The security guard was yeah. trying to guilt the wheelchair man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leaving? Yeah, yeah, into going Did he back. Did for a ticket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he got in. So it's just kind of like. Was he blocking something? No. It was It was very weird that this guy. He, what was he saying? He basically was like, you need to go find your seats. And we're like going, look, look at what he's sitting in, sir. I mean, this thing, <laughs> I mean, this thing's huge. Wait, so you guys, you guys were in your seats? No, we weren't because oh. we couldn't sit by our seats with him like he'd be by himself somewhere. Oh, okay. So we were just standing by him. And we're not in anyone's way. <laughs> so or wait a minute. What? 
Oh, no. Wait a minute. Was uh, it just you two and Adam? Yeah. And he came walking over? Well, there were other people. It, oh, and he booted I, them out. And then, he, and then he came over. And then he kind of came over to us. Was, and he was like, I was visualizing that it was just you two and, and him. him. Yeah. And he come wandering over, like making this blanket statement. Everybody, <laughs> everybody, everybody, we need to go back to our seats. Gotta go back to your it's seats. It's just you three. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, looking around like, you talking to us? Are you talking to us? Yeah, everybody. He's speaking to us. So it was, it was just really weird because he came over like several times and did it. And we were just like, we're not, we're, this guy's not, there's nowhere else for this guy to yeah. go. Okay. So, like, what do you want? So know. it was very strange. It was I'm in a, a whole big thing now where I'm, where I uh, have like this, this uh, aversion to authority. Like I've mm. been watching like all these YouTube videos about, yeah. you know how like down South they have these, uh, they're like border crossings inside America. Where it's like okay. near the border, yeah, and you're like driving, and then they force you to get off the road and go through this like, it looks like toll booths, uh-huh. but it's like customs. Okay, and they you pull up and they go, "Are you a U.S. citizen?" And you if you say yes, they ask you if if you have anybody in your car that's not, and you say no, mm-hmm. and then they let you drive away. Okay, but there's tons of people that think, and I feel like these are unconstitutional. Sure, so they'll come up filming. And they'll say, are you a U.S. citizen? And then they won't say anything. And the person will be like, are you a U.S. citizen? And they say, uh, am I free to go? <laughs> and like it becomes this whole big thing. Oh, so this is not even like, these are not legitimate customs people. These are just some weirdos or something? No, no, no. Like the, it, they work for the government. I, I feel like they work for the TSA. Hmm. And like they have these border crossings. But the people driving through that feel like it's unconstitutional, hmm. like they fight the whole thing. Like gotcha. all they have to do is say yes and no mm-hmm. and they can go on their way mm-hmm. but they feel like just having to say yes or no is mm. against their constitutional rights so they cause this whole big hubbub weird we're in the end of it after supervisors have come over they'll always say all right just get the hell out of here then like sure it is sure against the law uh-huh. for them to just randomly tell you you have to go through a border crossing in texas you know they should just say see yeah. See, no, <laughs> no. Well, the one, the one guy, he goes, uh, "Sir, do you have any?" And uh, the border crossing guys are Mexican, which is kind of funny in and of itself. Is, "Sir, do you have anybody in your in your truck?" And he's like, "I plead the Fifth Amendment." And he goes, "Why won't you just answer the question? That makes me seem like you have people back there." Mm-hmm. And he goes, "I plead the Fifth Amendment." And then there's like this two minute time frame where they're just staring at each other. And neither of them are saying anything. <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> Anyways. So you're saying, uh, fuck the police? Is that fuck what you're the police. Me? Fuck <laughs> anybody. <laughs> fuck the government. <laughs> fuck the IRS. Mm. Fuck all of them, man. Fuck it. They just are. They have too much power. Yeah. So don't get me started on I'm, conspiracies. Listen, you're, you've you've taken am, a turn am, on this a, podcast. I am a fan of conspiracy. Are you? Yes. Like, you've Bigfoot's out there somewhere hanging Not out with that UFOs kind of stuff. But like Marilyn Monroe shot JFK. Is that it? No, not that. Well. <laughs> You do know all three of those killings were involved in the same assassination, right? Which one? Which were, uh, Marilyn Monroe, uh-huh, uh-huh. JFK, and Martin Luther King Jr. It was all part of the same plot. They had you some, know that. They had some weird three-way. Is that what was going on? No, they were We can't have this. They were all pivotal points in the how close uh, were they? fight for Vietnam. I don't even know how close they were. Like it, they were actually uh, all standing next to each other. One <laughs> bullet. <laughs> that magic bullet. No, it was, I think, within the same year they all got killed. Really? Yeah. Well, there's that. There's a huge story too about uh, Medgar Evers. I don't know if you know that story, but the Mm-mm. guy who supposedly assassinated Medgar Evers, he did an interview with a guy from Florida, and the guy said, "You know, how does it feel to know you're the guy that killed Medgar Evers?" And the guy just started laughing. He's like, "I didn't kill Medgar Evers." He's like, "What are you talking about?" And he goes, "Do you really think if I killed one of the highest people in the civil rights, you know, stuff?" That I'd be able to walk around out here in the yard with all these black people without being stabbed to death. They mm-hmm. know I'm not the guy. Mm-hmm. And there's like a famous picture, like one of the I can't remember who somebody wrote a book about the conspiracy of Medgar Evers. Mm-hmm. But there's a picture on the cover where everybody is pointing where the gunshot came from. And it's been proven that Medgar Evers apartment or not Medgar the shooter's apartment was over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
the other direction. So it's like crazy. I don't even I don't even know who Medgar Evers is. I didn't know him. He was a civil rights uh, yeah, activist. He was part of the whole huh. thing. Yeah. Didn't know Malcolm X, Medgar Evers, Martin oh. Luther King Jr. There was another guy too. I don't know, man. It's just all fishy stuff. You know, the Gulf of Tonkin, Pearl Harbor. It's all conspiracies. It's all fake. Somebody's pulling the strings, and I think we all know who that is. The black people. Lizards. Lizards. The lizard. The lizard people, people are doing lizard it. People. Fucking lizards. <laughs> I, I, I love Joe Biden so much. Did you see that speech that uh-uh. he did a while back? Did he talk about ISIS? lizards? Oh, boy. What did he say? <laughs> he goes, he's doing the speech, and it's like around the time that President uh, you know, Obama hasn't mm-hmm. said anything about anything we're going to yeah. be doing. So he takes it upon himself to give this speech, and in the end, he's like, we will follow ISIS to the gates of hell. <laughs> that was the end of the speech. Thank you. Good night. I'll be selling merch in the back. I wonder if I could find it because it just made me laugh. So, Because <laughs> anytime they let him off the leash, he's saying he's, the craziest shit He's ever. a lunatic. That's why he's just the vice president. They want to keep their enemies close, so they made him vice president. Well, keep, I love the keep second tabs video on, on YouTube says... Uh, Says Joe Biden buys shotgun. What? Oh boy. Yep, here's the video. We'll see if it'll play through. When these barbarians. Oh, and I shut my phone <laughs> out. Oops. <laughs> Let's try that again. Here conspiracy. We go. It was a conspiracy. With Stephen, what they did with Foley, who is from New Hampshire. This is long. This is like a minute they and a half. Think, Arm Americans. We don't retreat. We don't forget. We take care of those who are grieving. And when that's finished, they should know we will follow them to the gates of hell until they are brought to justice. Because hell is where they will reside. Is this 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 King Leonidas? (laughs) This is Sparta! (laughs) Shapers. We will follow them. To the gates of yeah. hell. All right, now where's the nearest golf course? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to work on my short game today. Like, Joe, come on! His wife's face. She's like, like, she's giving him the no. eyes. Like, Joe, Joe, cut it, cut it, Joey. What are we doing here? What did we talk about last night, Joey? No <laughs> I gates wasn't of hell. Gonna say anything. No gates of hell, Joey. About New Hampshire. Where was he? Uh, where was he doing the stump speech? I believe it was near the hometown of the one guy who got oh. beheaded in New Hampshire. So it makes sense, but sure, he got I mean, wrapped up in the moment and whatever. And I, uh, it's weird to me the all this beheading stuff is just kind of like, what the fuck is going it is on? Really, I, I heard yesterday that they uh, beheaded identified the guy. There was an oh, he was like he was like a rapper from England. Right? Is was it that he? guy? That's the one thing I said. That was like, we think it's this guy from England, and he used to be a rapper, DJ Fuckface. Get or something. out of here! Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. the beheader guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to stop all your things, and I shall lay down some tasty beats. <laughs> some tasty <laughs> beats. It's uh, it's unreal. Like, what? I don't understand how they can act. How they're actually like recruiting that, people. That act, the full video is online somewhere, but I would never want to even see. I, that. Yeah, I don't get why people want to watch that. Why would you want? Like, this is legit. Like, I can maybe. Are you watching a movie? But people are curious. Like when I heard about all the naked pictures that were released for all those actresses. Oh, right. you know, well, you that's that small that's thing. Titties, like, man. That's check titties. Yeah, check out titties. But when a video is released about someone's head being. <laughs> Head rolling around. Oh my God! Let me get to it. Where is it? Add it to the collection. (laughs) But the the thing, like I've watched the beginning parts, you know, where he makes the speeches, and the knife that he's holding is very small. Like that's got to be the most brutal thing to watch if he's decapitating someone with like that small knife. Like is he sawing through their neck? Like I would think it would be more of like a samurai sword type of thing where you're just like. You know, You're right? One, oh, one swift chop, arena. I can't even imagine. Like, uh, <laughs> do you ever see John Bush? You ever seen John Bush? No. He does a joke about the guy who had to like eat his arm off to get out of the oh. the mountain or yeah. whatever. Like he gets yeah. his arm stuck and yeah. then he has to like chew through it or something. Right, hundred twenty eight hours or whatever. Yeah. Was it, huh? And uh, like his bit is just like, 
you'd hate to go to a party with that guy because no matter how crazy your life is, like he's always going to top the topper. You're like talking about how you overcame cancer and and uh, you lived on grub worms in the forest and stuff. And like, so what about you? Well, after the first uh, 68 hours of me chewing through my arm, (laughs) damn this guy, (laughs) you (laughs) and the son of a bitch. This guy takes it topper. Never invite him to another party again. This guy's out. So how was rookies? I've never been there before. Really? I did. Uh, I used to do Fat Daddies. Okay, sure. And uh, so when Fat Daddies parted ways with Funny Business, like I stayed with Fat Daddies. Sure. And then, uh, God, man, this is the craziest story. So. Oh boy. Um, she's such a nice lady. I don't know if you ever worked Fat Daddies. Before. I did not. No. Her name. Uh, she actually worked with Nitwits hmm. that used to be there before Fat Daddies. So she bought fat daddies and and put it into motion and stuff and then uh and they had a falling out yeah so she wanted to do her own thing Mm -hmm. and they were like saying that she signed some kind of contract that said that she couldn't use any of the funny business comedians for a year or like two years or something like that so she fought it and it was just like a huge legal battle Mm. so there was there was people that like me that knew her from the nitwit days that were kind of grandfathered in that we could still work there if we wanted to while funny business was setting up their new venue with the the notion of knowing that when they opened their new venue if we were still working for fat daddies then we wouldn't be welcome at the new club which makes sense whatever sure so when i went there to work during the transition like I don't even know how it all worked out, but the the guy at the bar upstairs that had the liquor license that was sharing it with mm-hmm. her downstairs mm-hmm. somehow was like friends with funny business and he was pulling all this crazy shit with her. Like he pulled their liquor license and then like was uh like shutting off the the tubes to the soda downstairs and just like really just trying to squeeze her Sabotaging. out. Sabotage. Yeah, it was horrible. The whole weekend that we were there they had nothing to eat or drink. Hmm. Like it just, the show started and people just, just sit sat there and then the show ended and then they just left. It was really brutal. It sounds like it. But, uh, so how is... Rookies? Rookies. Yeah, Rookies is good. It's a, it's, it's a strange concept because it's a room inside of a sports bar and they've just taken this so it's room. Like you've done Dublin's, right? Yes. So is it kind of like that? Kind of like that, I guess, okay. yeah. But it's it's bigger Um, And when I did Dublin's, it was full. Like, Rookies is bigger, but it wasn't full. Like, the biggest show was maybe 50 people or so. And I imagine this was only the second week back, and, you know, it's still a relatively new club. But uh, the guy who runs it or manages it, Jamie, couldn't be nicer. How many shows did they do? Five. We did one Thursday, two Friday, Saturday. And uh, they put you up in a real nice hotel. And this is is what's going to blow your mind, uh, Mark. On Friday, after our second show... We got to go see Warrant. <laughs> She's my cherry pie. It was awesome. I think I was looking at your your tweets when oh, you yeah. were there. Yeah, you yeah, were yeah, taking yeah. some pictures. I of took it. some pictures. It was crazy. Now let me ask you this. Oh boy. Uh huh. Do they still have it? Uh, it's weird. It's weird watching these guys because these are guys who are in their mid forties, probably, and they're all decked out in leather vests and stuff, and they got the long hair and bandanas and things. And you're like, "Oh, Jesus Christ!" Was there an opener? Well, there the tour is Firehouse, Great White, and Warrant. That's the three man act, and they don't act. allow Great White to touch the matches. You can't uh, be near anything. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of the way of the fire extinguisher. You're blocking the door. Bye so. bye baby bye bye. She <laughs> yes. I I, I wish they had canceled the shows so we could have gone see them. Because the guy you got there and you just for, all you got to see is was like the last forty minutes of warrant or whatever. And, How did he, uh, is somehow some kind of friend that he knows a it's, promotion. Uh, like this that. this venue called the District is next oh, to okay. the hotel, and the guy who manages. Rookies also manages the district in some oh, capacity. Okay. And I did a podcast while I was down there, and one of the guys on the podcast is a um, kind of like a roadie, local roadie guy. Oh, so wow. he had an in. He was the one who was like, yeah, if you want to come, I'll get you in for oh, free. Wow. So he got us in for free, and uh, we got to go in the VIP section. Well, that, 
And that uh, sounded better than the last time I got that kind of treatment. Oh, I was yeah? doing Laughlin uh-huh. and uh, Smokey Robinson what? was playing the E Center, which was right next to the hotel, and we got to sneak in the back to uh, see the big closer. Yeah, see some Tears from a clown. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just all these old ladies in their throwing their panties, dazzled jackets. Oh my God, Smokey! It it was Smokey. weird seeing these chicks getting all hot and bothered over Warren. Oh my God, man! Because I was like younger literally, girls, no, like fifty no. year old women. Yeah, because just... these were the chicks who were hot over Warren like twenty yeah. years ago, and you're like, they were probably hot twenty suppose, years ago. I suppose they're not cultivating any new fan. Oh base. God! Well, he started singing a new song. He was like, "Yeah, hey, we got this new album. This is a song from the new." Album. And I was like, "What? Like you got a new album? Like, what are you doing?" <laughs> Sing Cherry Pie and we're getting the fuck out of here. This song's called uh, Peach Alamode. Ah, lady. <laughs> Cut it. Cut there it. was a song. I swear <laughs> to God, I think the name of the song was Hot Load. Get <laughs> out of here. There's no I way that that's the name of the song. <laughs> was hot Load. I think he kept saying Hot Load. Oh, but uh, it was just funny to me. Like, And the lead singer, obviously, is not the, the original because he's dead, apparently. Uh, what is his name? Jane Laney or Janie Laney or something? That guy died? Yeah, apparently he choked on, to death on his own vomit. It's oh all wonderful no, rock stars should not go. So it's a new guy, and uh, it's Steve Perry from uh, Journey is now the lead singer at Warren. No, he's not. <laughs> that would be the greatest ever. Awesome. We're like, what? Steve Perry? Oh, Aaron? What the there fuck? There it is. But, uh, Let's check it out here. New York Times. So this is a real... This is legit. This is a legitimate thing. Legit. Jamie Lane, Jamie Lane, uh-huh. the flaxen-haired lead singer of Warrant. <laughs> what does that even who mean? Who wrote Cherry Pie? Is <laughs> found in his uh, hotel room near Los Angeles. Cause of death determined. Puke. Struggling with alcohol. Oh, they said they uh, have not. That must be an older story. Oh, it said not yet determined. No, I'm sure that's what it was. But he, uh, so the lead singer was getting oh, all bent out of look shape. Oh, so apparently in his pocket uh-huh. was a note that read, I am Janie Lane. So he That's knew. all he had on him. Ha! <laughs> Just to make sure if he passes out Alcohol somewhere. poisoning. Yeah. That's what he died of. Yeah, that's what an awful in way to go. In a comfort inn. Jesus Christ. Way to go, Jamie. You know, I think if you're the lead singer of the, one of the most prolific uh, hair bands from the 80s, that's the way you go That's out. the way you do. Yeah. Sure. You don't... You, you don't, don't do die a of old age. Tour of se- at seventy-five, and you're trying to sing Harry Pie well, or Cherry Pie. Cherry Pie. <laughs> Harry Pie. She's my Harry Pie. <laughs> but it was weird when I was sitting there watching it because you know it was a nice venue, but I mean it was maybe fifteen hundred people tops. And you go in the day, they were selling out like arenas and stuff, like ten thousand yeah, people would come and see these fuck yeah. nuts. And the, so to me, it goes. Oh, do they go like what the how fuck? It is for them. They still got to be doing okay, right? I don't know about okay. I mean, they they probably have no other source of income but these. Sure, these tours. They must be touring like they're doing in casinos. They're doing casinos and shit, and that's just weird to go see Warren or Hairband in a casino. Like last weekend, about how uh, like some of these small towns, like at least in the Midwest, Mm. that when real bands come. They're ha- they're struggling to like sell tickets because of the popularity of the cover bands. the cover bands yeah and they're selling out venues doing other people's songs right that's weird because he said like when Hairball came to to Bismarck they sold out like two thousand tickets or something like that and then uh, Johnny Lane or something or mm-hmm. Johnny Lang or something mm-hmm. came there and he sold uh, eighty seven tickets wow yeah so it's, just, it's probably cheaper to see these cover band ripoffs. But I was laughing too because at Mystic Lake uh, when I used to work there in Deal Blackjack they used to mm-hmm. have a ton of concerts there and they would have to give away tickets to fill the seats so it would make it seem like you know it's a huge show. Sure. So some of these like older bands like uh, um, Air Supply and Chicago Chicago, Ario Speedwagon and shit they're giving away like all the tickets mm-hmm. you know and then they had a guy who's pretending to be Prince mm. And it's sold out in a day and a half. Okay. This not Prince. This is a guy pretending to be from Prince. Golden Valley, pretending to be Prince, and his tickets sell out. I gotta I gotta tell you, Mark, I've been in Minneapolis twenty four hours and I haven't seen Prince. That's bullshit. 
Well, you this gotta, is some bullshit. You gotta head up Interlochen Boulevard and oh, yeah. check out the uh, purple. He'll mansion. be uh, he'll be peeing on a corner somewhere. He's out somewhere. there going. Ha, ha, ha. He's having sex with the cherry tree in the front yard right now. <laughs> you wanna zoom by there and see what he's up to? So he has a mansion somewhere. <laughs> I probably. Wow. It's probably right next to the uh, the Jam Brothers. I don't know them. Jimmy Jam. I don't know the Jam Brothers. They. Uh, they produced and managed Janet Jackson oh, during her 80s her, and 90s, her, I think. When she was still hot and relevant. What is she doing now? That's know, a nothing. good question. Nothing. Maybe we could get her for uh, for that that uh, district. Get the district. And see how it goes. That'd be all right. That'd be the kind <laughs> of thing get, they'd want. Uh, we could get uh, uh, In Vogue to open up ah, for her. <laughs> there you go. DeBarge. All I don't feel like mm. something's around the corner. Awful. Did you ever see the movie uh, Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon? Mm-mm. Is that a be, kung fu movie? You can't be on this podcast. <laughs> You're going to have to Bruce leave, Leroy, sir. Bruce Leroy, have you seen, you haven't seen that movie? No, Show I don't enough? think so. I don't think the so. The Shogun of Harlem? No. Oh, God, you got to go see that movie. Black Exploitation? Uh, well, no, it was made in the 80s. Mm. So it was uh, produced by MTV. So mm. it's like a lot of videos and like choreography. Chor- uh, choreographed uh, fight scenes to music. Sweet. And out of nowhere, DeBarge is in the movie <laughs> just singing his song. It's just such a crazy movie. Don stayed somewhere like, what the fuck? The lead lady in it was Vanity. Oh, Prince. So, the yeah. Prince check, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the lead guy's name was Bruce Leroy. So I did, I did a podcast about it a while back. It's crazy. Of course. <laughs> have you seen Hawk the Slayer? I have not. You have not seen I haven't that. even heard of it. <laughs> it's from '72. It starred Jack Palance uh-huh. and Terry Hoyts, uh-huh. uh, and it's a straight ripoff of Lord of the Rings. Huh? Because there's an elfin bowman, uh-huh. a giant, yeah, uh, a, a dwarf, yeah, and a wizard, huh. and they go and fight evil. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Was it good or was it awful? Was it straight awful? It's so horrible. It's good. Uh, is it on Netflix? I don't think so. What is but it called? Hawk the what? Hawk the Slayer. Hawk the Slayer. Mm. Now, I know you've seen The Last Starfighter. Long time yeah. ago. Yeah. Long time ago. That was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. Is, a, is this what, is that. your podcast has now become you talking about old, <laughs> horrible movies? No. <laughs> I just always, I'm interested because I think I told you when you, we did a podcast last time that mm. I started out like that's what I was going to do was I was going to bring to light these old weird movies that sure. nobody had seen anymore and then uh, somebody told me Doug Benson did kind of a movie thing so I yeah. didn't want to Doug loves movies yeah so I just I decided to just do a podcast where it was just you know random talking about my life and friends how, and how, do, like how do you find out about these crazy old movies I never heard, like I said I never heard of any of these movies I don't know man like when I was younger I would just find these strange movies on HBO late at night like Two of my favorite movies, and I go back now and they don't hold up whatsoever. Sure, There was a movie called Side Out that had C. Thomas Howell in it, and uh, I can't remember what the other guy's name, but it was all about this kid that came from Milwaukee Mm -hmm. to uh, San Diego to work in his uncle's law firm, and uh, on his time off, he's learning to play volleyball. So professional volleyball ends, player. So then huh? he ends up leaving the law firm and becoming a professional volleyball player. That sounds awful. Side out. So now I got to try and find it. Yeah. So that's like another one. And the other one was uh, a movie that had Mitch Gaylord as the star, and uh, he was. It was all about him working with the demons of his father and his mother, trying to be an Olympic gymnast, called uh, American Anthem. And what's funny is. The outro music to this podcast yeah. is from that movie. Ah, <laughs> it's a John you. Barr song called Two Hearts. Two hearts beat as one together. <laughs> you've taken this too seriously. Well, that's like the I do a joke on stage about, and I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but in the 80s, yeah. the song that would start the movie lots of times was just... Like the way they writ- wrote the song was the plot of the movie to mm-hmm. music. Yeah. They would just tell you the movie in the song, you know? And I think American Anthem, Two Hearts, is like 
it couldn't be more specific as to what the plot is when the movie starts. It's like, he works in a welding thing. She's coming from a really famous city and they're loving each other and they're doing yeah, gymnastics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, this is just the movie. Well, I guess I can go home now. Yeah. Well, it's like Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. He's bounded down, loaded up and trucking. Right? That's right. what they're doing. And there you go. And Footloose, right? Everybody's dancing and shit. Uh, you know Dave Landau, obviously. Yeah. You know? He uh, just had a movie come out that he, out he wrote and produced, and I don't know if he directed. Are you out of your mind? The King. What is it about? It's about uh, this kid who turns 18 and the adventures that happen that night. Really? And it uh, all takes yeah, place in inner city Detroit. And I get to see a, a, a sneak preview of it or whatever, and uh, yeah. it wasn't too bad. Well, not too shabby. It was comedy, obviously, with Dave Landau. And uh, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Did he? Uh, I mean, is it like a under a studio or was it independent? Independent, or? independent. And a lot of comedy buddies of his are in it. Like, do you know Bill Bouchard? Yeah, Bill's got a small role in it and some other comics. So yeah, it was pretty cool. I feel I'm interested that uh, that Dave's movie mm-hmm. has come out. Mm-hmm. Before Frank Roach's movie. Ah. <laughs> Would you care to speak about that? No. <laughs> I love Frank, but yeah, he's talked about the, the movie, the Italy Boys. The, the Italy Boys. Boys. <laughs> he's been talking about that forever. I met Frank Roach eight years ago. And he was talking about that. And he was talking about giving me a part in yeah. the Italian Boys. Yeah, I know. I know. Is it a real film? I. He he talks about it like it is. I, okay. uh, but he, I mean, he's got so many big name people attached to it that I'm just like, how is this happening, or how has this not happened? If Who's all attached these attached to it, I mean, name like a mob guy who wasn't attached to it. I mean, that's what he'll tell you. You know, yeah, not actual mob guys, but right? Guys but like, pl- yeah, like, like uh, Ray Liotta and people like Get people people of that nature. Yeah, if you were to, if we're, on, right, are you on it? Let's, let's, let's go, go to uh, Google Italy Boys, and you will got. see not, like he he in. would say Harvey Keitel, Robert De Niro, just like all these big name dudes. I'm like, if this is legit, how is this not getting done? And then, you know, it's always logistics or this or that. So then it just becomes like. I mean, I don't, I don't know what's really happening oh. what isn't. You find it? There's an IMDb. Uh-huh. Yeah. For it's the not, Italy boys. It's not pretty big, but... Mm. The last Italian mafia family left in Detroit known as the Italy boys have quietly ruled their city unexposed for three generations until a group of Middle Eastern gangsters from Afghanistan decide to set up shop in their own backyard. Let's check out the cast and crew. Writing credits, uh, Richard Gautier, Michael Milley, and Frank Roach. Mm-hmm. Is there a cast and crew? Let's see here. Cast and crew. Well, that's just the writing. Where the heck are the... Let's check out the full cat. No, Nothing? no actors listed. Up there? Okay. No it, how about if... Uh, let's see. If we Google the Italy boys, because I do believe it actually has a, a website. They have a, oh, oh, no. There's the website. Uh-huh. Okay. Check out the website here. The Detroit Mafia, the war in Afghanistan is taking place at our home. Website coming soon. Oh. I feel like that's that website was made by somebody not involved. Let's check out their Facebook, because they have a Facebook. Okay. And it has ten more likes than my comedy page, which is making me very sad at this oh. moment. Touch of class at the end of the day. What the hell? I read no. our Italy boy script while eating some gabo gabu, a little bacare, and some pasta sautéed in garlic and olive oil. The script manana tasted great. That was posted one year ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was the last posting. <laughs> yeah. Let's it, check uh, out the more information here. Yeah, it's all tagline passing the torch doesn't mean you gotta get burned there it is no there's uh there's no mention of any people Hmm. so well it's changed yeah i just felt bad frankie is a really good guy he is uh Mm -hmm. 
He does start fights quick. Oh, yeah. He's kind of crazy. On and off. Yeah. And uh, I felt so bad for him with that uh, America's Got Talent thing. Me yeah. And, me and Randy uh, and Carlo were talking about it last week because he knows Frank. Mm -hmm. And it was just a tough thing to watch, you sure. know. But uh, I feel like if I got that opportunity, that's pretty much how my audition would have gone for America's Got Talent. <laughs> I would have done really well the first time, and they would have gave me notes, and I would have came back and completely fucked it fucked up. Fucked up. Misinterpreted <laughs> what they said. Here well, is my impression of for, a squirrel farting. For him. Get off the stage. For him, it really felt like that was edited so poorly to make him look like a jackass. Yeah. So. Well, we were talking, too, about uh, the first couple rounds of Last Comic Standing where yep. they taped people from Minneapolis, mm -hmm. and they just edited them quick to make them look like complete douchebags. Sure. And you're just like, this is just so ridiculous. Well, some man. guys didn't even get airtime. Like, I don't think I ever saw Abshire, and I don't think I ever saw yeah. Gillespie. No. And so I'm just like, to me, I'm like. And all you saw was A.J. Finney just shaking people's hands. You're just like, uh -huh. I mean, come on. Yeah. And then they had a segment where it was like the 100 best jokes. Yeah, and they still didn't even get on at that point. It's like, right. what the fuck are you filming? Like, I, give them a shot. I've always been like, if for this for that show, if you're going to invite a hundred guys, all hundred people should get at least well, five yeah. seconds of airtime. Well, they do, they do so many of these auditions across the country at mm -hmm. different comedy clubs, and every every place that they go to, they do two shows, mm -hmm. and each show has twenty five comedians on it. Yep. So it's like every club that they go to, and it's got to be like at least ten. So they're auditioning yeah. a thousand comedians for every season of the show. Yeah. And you know that the top 10 are guys that they've already decided who are going to be the top 10 sure. like I, I seconds was, after the last season ends. I was pretty aware who's going to win when they had the top 10, that it was going to be that Rodman character. Because to me, he just fit like what they want for TV. Yeah. I didn't legitimately feel like he was the funniest guy. Yeah. And his style wasn't for me, but whatever. I'm not a judge. No. And I won't even get on the show. The same <laughs> people ever, who in, run that run in Acme. The in the nine years that the show's been on, yeah. have you ever been able to be in front of the no. judges for an audition? No, no. Oh, okay. No, I've never, I've never gone and done that. I, uh, like, I never wanted to do the casting call because I never felt well, yeah, like I was too, good enough like, for it. I was like, well, I just thought it was really degrading to have to wait in line outside to go in and do 30 seconds yeah. or whatever. So yeah. I was like, I'm never going to do that. Yeah. And of course, they showed uh, they showed Fancy Ray. Who's <laughs> like that? A while back. You don't know Fancy Ray? No, I don't know Fancy Ray. Beautiful man in comedy? He's no. Like a Right. Oh God! Is he is he a Minneapolis staple? He is a Minneapolis staple. Is he a lunatic? He. I haven't seen him on TV that much, but like when I first started in comedy, like mm -hmm. every low money, like buy a car with no credit commercial on stage. Was, he was on was it. Fancy Ray. Ah, <laughs> he's buying. This place is the great A one car dealership. It's for you. Fancy Ray was on Maury. Get out of what? here. He was on Texas Justice. <laughs> Jesus. He's got 62 videos. Oh, my God. So this is a guy who's just a, a whore for TV exposure. Well, yeah. he's. Uh, is he old? Here. What? Come on. Here we go. Wow. Wow, he's a lunatic, huh? What are your thoughts on Fancy Ray? Fancy Ray is a lunatic, and people are taking advantage of his mental health issues. He needs a guardian. But yeah, he was like, any time they did any of the stuff in Minneapolis where people yeah. were waiting in line, like he was always down there. Sure. And obviously, he's like a complete character, so yeah, every it, time oh, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. on television. Yeah. So he'd be doing something crazy in line, and yeah. you know, the camera's like, oh, look what? at this crazy fuck. Let's get look, down there. Look know? at this Afro perm or whatever. Uh, you know. I feel like he's uh, he's basically paid for everything in his life with that character that he's come up with. Is he? Do you know him personally at all, or no? I do. Yeah. Is he a lunatic? Offstage? He's he's out there, okay. but he is yeah. a genuinely nice guy. Is he? He's just fucking out there. Comic at all? Or he that's is just a stand-up. Okay. 
my favorite joke that he tells is I'm gonna put my face on a stamp so I can lick myself. <laughs> I'm the prettiest man in comedy. The human chocolate orchard. Fancy Raymond Clooney. No. <laughs> no, you don't want any of that? No. None of that? None. <laughs> None. He can go lick are himself. You, are you sure? Yes, I will pass. I will pass. I will, oh, never, I will never be a judge on Last Comic Standing because <laughs> I'm passing up on Fancy Ray. Do you have anything coming up in the next couple months you want to promote? No, nothing Maybe really. Like no, you know. October-ish? Mm, I'm doing another recording for Laughs. Are you? I did a recording in Detroit. And they lost the footage. Oh, get out of here. You've yeah. got to be shitting me. I did. Uh, you know, I don't really feel like uh, I ever do necessarily terribly well, but I felt like I did really well for that. So I was like, yes, this is going to be good. And I felt like they are gonna they can use some of what I did on, yeah. on air. And then somehow they lost some people. They didn't lose everybody's, but they lost some. Yeah. And I was one of the some. And I can't do, they're doing another filming in Detroit this week. I think uh, tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. Okay. And I obviously can't I can't go. So the only one I can go to is uh, October 1st in Louisville. Did you talk to Nick about his, his set on there? Yeah, how his mic how went he, out. How did he feel about it? I felt like they really screwed him on that. He, yeah, he kind of felt like, ah, but then I guess it, it turned out okay because he handled it well. But still, like, each person on there is roughly getting between, like, 30 and 80 seconds yep. for their set. Yeah. And they held up a majority of his airtime with the technical difficulties. Well, I, I kind of asked him. I was like, "Why didn't they just record the whole thing? Like, if yeah. they if the thing mic went out, why didn't they just stop and reintroduce you and do it again?" And he's, I don't know. I guess they just had to just plow through it. I guess. But that was the thing. Is like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they thought it was funny, Maybe. or like somehow yeah. it was going to make him look better to show that he could still do Work comedy on after the mic broke. Sure. But if I was running that show, mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to make light that you fucked up. Like, you, I would yeah. just like show his set. Agreed. Like a couple jokes that went really well sure. and then move on to the next guy. Why make such a big deal that your equipment well, fucked up? And it's it's unfortunate that the reputation of that show isn't as stellar as you would want it to be. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I agree with you in that sense of like why kind of show some foibles and faux pas when yeah. you can easily just kind of cover it up. So, But uh, I, I feel like that's a big enough thing for me to do. And I've, yeah. I've talked with a lot of guys about it. Like, oh, you're not getting paid, this or that. And I'm like, how much shit do we do that like we just yeah. don't get paid for anyway? Of course. And I'm like, this is do something. you get paid when you go on Bob and Tom? No. No. Do, do, and I mean, I've never been on Bob and Tom no, either, so it's don't. it's kind of like if I can get on this TV show and they have a minute clip of me, thirty second clip of me, and that manages to get me in front of a hundred thousand people yeah. or whatever who are watching it. Well, that's the thing. It's like this business, at least at this point right now, is all about letting people know who you are. Yeah, like yes, that's the exactly. whole point promotion of the road and the comedy clubs is for them to make money, and when they make money, they uh, the way they make money is they sell tickets, and the only way they're going to sell tickets are people going to buy them because they want to come see you. Yes. And the only way they're going to know that is if they know who the fuck you are. Right. And if you're not on television, you're a nobody at this point. Yep. You know, people will say all the time, I'm sure you get it, have you ever been on television? Sure. And you'll be like, nope. well, now we can say, yeah, well, yeah. I did this tiny show called Fox. It's yeah. building. It's doing well. Yeah, and, so. you, and, you, and you got it, and you build the following. And they had a repeat this week. Oh, Really? Yeah, same person that went on like four episodes ago did another set on there, which drove oh me yeah yeah why well there was a guy who at the Detroit taping he had he had already been on the first one, and it kind of uh, I'm like why are you letting him do another one yeah whatever so that's funny to me that they're letting another person get <laughs> well, on again when that, you got dozens of I, people when I saw that I thought to myself well maybe they did what they did with the microphone thing because. They're gonna use Nick again, like for towards the else. end of the run of the show. Maybe you know, Maybe. if they do that, that would make. Because sometimes what they'll do in the show too, well, they'll have a clip of a guy at the front, and then they'll show a little bit more of him at the end. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, that's exactly what they're gonna do with Nick, and then they never came back. I was surprised. Uh, my other friend Eddie Pence was on there, hmm. and everybody was averaging about thirty to thirty to eighty seconds. His set was fourteen seconds. <laughs> He did like he told one -liner. this really quick one-liner. 
out. And I was like, well, they're going to come back to him at the end. Never did. And they never did. I was like, oh, my God. And that's, and that's what I've told people, too. Because, like, I don't know when you did a taping for it. When, yeah, when I did the July. taping, it was um, everyone got four minutes. Yep. And so me, in my brain, I'm like going, I'm going to prepare for this four minutes. Yeah. And so I did, like, eight open mics just for the four minutes just yeah. to make sure I got it whittled down. So I had it. I knew what I was going to do. This is it. Because in my brain, I'm like going, I know they're not going to show my whole thing. Yeah. But for the set, for the people out in the crowd yeah. i wanted it to be good and, and we get we get the rights to that footage next year so we're gonna have this amazing Clip. three three camera shoot of a four minute set that I, we can use for that's what i'm more excited about sure is getting that four getting minute four footage the, i was surprised at how many guys did not have four minutes like really? they didn't like headliners didn't have four minutes because they hadn't planned it in their brain of like what's four minutes because like they're four so minutes they do less well, they just, they didn't, they ended poorly. It was kind of oh, like, okay. duh, 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 joke goes flat, yeah. my four minutes are done, uh, Dude, thank you, wait. good night. I can't wait to show my four minutes because I did what you did. Mm -hmm. I wrote it yeah. as a story of myself sure. to a crescendo. Yeah. And, and like people were like, what? Like right. it had an open, a build, and a close. And that's what it should be. Yeah. Right? That's and these guys are like, so I like, that's, that's, that's why I like peanut butter sandwiches. Mm-hmm. All right, I guess that's it. Well, the, yeah, there was one guy. He told a bit, and he and he got a decent applause, and he was calling. Uh, uh, oh, I guess I'll end on that. Thanks. <laughs> and it was it was just weird. It was just like what? And then um, so, some of the material that the guys were choosing, it just blew my mind. Of like, like just telling dick jokes or sex jokes and stuff. I'm like, you're. This is like, I'm not saying the joke's not funny, but in the but context did Steve do of that, like pep talk before you guys uh -huh. took the stage. About but a lot of these guys, even though they were asked to do it, were Jeez. still relatively new, maybe like three years or less. And it's just kind of like, yeah. I mean, if you do the yeah. math, they're running through. They're burning through comics. like twelve comics a show and on, doing on thirteen episodes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like. I don't even know that math. Like sure. comedians. That's one million that's comedians. That, wait. Move Carry the, the zero. Move the dot. Move the dot. That's that new <laughs> that new math. But it just but hopefully it blew will, my mind. We will get uh, word soon that uh, that you'll be on. I, you know, I'm just probably going to do the same set I did before. It worked well in Detroit. Hopefully in Louisville right. it'll work well. I was surprised that mine went off without a hitch because mm -hmm. I'm usually that guy where, mm -hmm. like, I tape a set and they're like, oh, we actually didn't plug the red cord in, so <laughs> there's no audio. You yeah. look great, but there's no audio. Right. Or, like, I was waiting for it to be like episode 12 of 13 and I hadn't been on yet yeah. waiting for that email to come in about the comics for episode 13 and, and my name wasn't on it like well I just did all that for nothing so I feel a sense mm -hmm. of relief that mine is already aired that's great Yeah, and I've got at least that small clip of footage yeah, on my YouTube I've told so. plenty of people like just because I'm recording it doesn't mean it's going to get on TV because <laughs> yeah. I like at, in Detroit there were 31 comics who performed 15 on, on that the, show 15 on the first show and 16 on the second show Jesus. and I'm like so that's uh, I'm going there's there's absolutely a possibility that I will not be yeah, on the TV show because our taping in uh, Indianapolis it was just 15 comics it was so just you just did the one show, show. Yeah. yeah if you'd done two there would have been another 15 yeah. so yeah but yep. it was a heavy hitter show. It was, yep. you know, Warren B. Hall was on it. Yeah, I saw the lineup. It was pretty Emily good. Emily Galati, Miss Pat. Yep. The big guns, the as they say. The so. biggers. Nah, whatever. So that's so it. Yeah, I got nothing. Uh, your uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Stu McAllister. All right. S-T-U-M-C-C-A-L-L-I-S-T-R. Because my name gets spelled all the time wrongly. Yeah. Uh, Instagram as well you do instagram i do pictures <laughs> i take i take naughty pictures um I, the one thing i am excited for is uh the month of december i won't be home at all where are you going i will be down south the entire month i will be oh doing south carolina north carolina florida and uh tennessee so it makes sense none of those are half run no who are they for it's all funny business gigs and the knoxville is uh side splitters so Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. So yeah, it'll be interesting for well, me to not. Congratulations on that. It's nice. I'm also kind of dreading and afraid of it because I'll just be yeah. couch surfing or sleeping in my car road, road and it for a month. Yeah, wintertime. Yeah, I mean at least I'll be down south, which is nice. But yeah. you're just kind of like fuck. Just go to Jesus. the beach, brother. Curl up, curl, curl up, up man. on the beach. Hang man. out with some bums. <laughs> you know, curl up next to each other for warmth. You got any weed? Bro? Got any weed? I don't. <laughs> 
Well, Stu, yeah. thank you for making the trek up to yeah, well, thanks, uh, the ghetto. Mom. Yeah, it wasn't even uh, like, this This is hardly the ghetto. No, if this I is the ghetto, I would, I'm moving to <laughs> yeah. the ghetto. I'm slumming it. I tell people that I live in Brooklyn Center, they're like, ooh, we'll make it up there before dark. Like, what does that even mean? It's not that bad. Like, I don't even, I don't even know think, what this is. They, they think that Brooklyn Center, Brooklyn Park, and uh, like Crystal are like the badder suburbs of Minneapolis. And the Why? nicer ones are like... Edina, Richfield, and Bloomington down south. So whatever. It's all. It's all at this point in in the world. Like it's all about uh, neighborhood blocks. Mm-hmm. Like what whatever block. Like this block is amazing. Like mm-hmm. we've met all the people on the block, and everybody's great. Yeah. You know, you could go three blocks over, and it's all just you know crack houses. Yeah. You never know. You know. Well, tell me where I need to buy some. <laughs> I need to get a hat. Have you, you ever seen that? Uh, <laughs> have you ever seen the tourism video for for Cleveland? Oh God! Uh-uh. I'm gonna play them real quick because there are two. Uh-huh. There's two of them, and they're like a minute long, but yeah. they're they're just freaking hilarious, man. Um, it was these guys that <laughs> that did tourism videos for Cleveland. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Let's see if I can find it. Okay, here's the here's the first one. Fun times in Cleveland today. The other one is drifters. so much better. Second we love those the, drifters. Here's the second one. Fun times in Cleveland again. Still Cleveland. <laughs> Come on down to Cleveland town, everyone. Under construction since 1868. See our river that catches on fire. It's so polluted that all our fish have AIDS. We see the sun almost three times a year. This guy has at least two DUIs. Flats look like a Scooby-Doo ghost town. Don't slow down in East Cleveland or you'll die. Our economy's based on LeBron James. Buy a house for the price of a VCR. Our main export is crippling depression. We're so retarded that we think this is art. It could be worse, though. At least we're not Detroit. Yeah! (laughs) We're not Detroit. Jeez. We're not Detroit. <laughs> Woo! Well, I think we'll end on that high note. That's Stu, awesome. thank you Thanks. for being on the show. Thank you, Mark. Someday we shall meet again. We'll do it. Probably Thanks. in Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids. Hope you enjoyed my interview with Stu McAllister. If you want to get the podcast, it's always available at iTunes at Unbridled Enthusiasm. You can also get it from Podbean. Uh, check out my Facebook, Mark Pulos Comedian. Uh, my Twitter, at the Mark Pulos. Uh, my YouTube channel, just Mark Pulos. And, uh, yeah, my tour dates are updated on the website. If you want to see the live show, I'll be all over the country the next couple months. And uh, tune in next time when we talk about who knows. <laughs>